guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Welcome back. It's Action Movie Anatomy in 2019. We're here. It's an exciting day, and we are covering a movie you guys have wanted to see us talk about for actually years. Today, it is Batman Begins. I'm Batman. I'll see you guys in just one second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. See the song change is coming? Oh, looks like you betrayed me once again, Ben. Look, man, I have. Uh, what control. is this shit? I've controlled the controls. I don't know if you know anything about passwords, but. Yeah. I know a lot about passwords. Yeah, I know you do. I've got quite a few in <laughs> my phone. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's Action Movie Adam. We're back. We're back on the air. Look at that. That's well, Andrew. That's me. That's Ben. That's Andrew. <laughs> yeah, look, guys. You. <laughs> <laughs> You know there's some weird shit going on. It's just what's happening. Uh, we're gonna. That's a different part of our life. Yeah. We're here to talk about action movies, as we do on the show every single week and have been for like four years now. It's ins- we, we literally are coming up on four years. We're coming up on episode 200. I hope we don't miss it. We're not going to miss it, right? No, definitely. We're we checked. Good. It's like, it's like a couple months out. It's like out. a month. Okay, okay, three good, four, good, good. Like, it might be like three months out. <clears throat> and we're covering a movie today that feels like it's a movie that should have probably been covered like within the first month after we expanded the rules. Well, there's so many reasons for that, too. Yeah. The first one is that uh, this has like, historically been your favorite Batman movie for a very long time. It, yeah. Um, the second one is that we expanded to the whole, like, we are allowed to cover superhero movies. Like, we, a couple with of years rules ago that we now. set on our own. Uh, and now, like, we've covered both other Dark Knight movies. We've covered The Dark Knight and we've covered Dark Knight Rises. In yeah. One of the sloppiest episodes we ever did. What happened on that episode? I think oh, it was, a, it was a back-to-back pre-tape. And we just, at the end of it, for like 10 minutes, we just start like rambling. It's actually a good episode. Oh, it's funny. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a great episode. But yeah, we do we definitely ramble. So it's strange that this one took so long to cover. But here we are. It's Batman Begins, the Christopher Nolan 2005 uh, Batman origin story. A very important movie in the superhero film canon, I would yeah. say. Um, it's exciting to be here. Welcome to the chat, everybody. Welcome back to 2019 thankful for for so many things there's a lot to talk about today on the show yeah dude it feels like it's been so long since you and i've sat at this desk together and done a show well so let's just give everybody who's listening i mean if you guys are just tuning in for this because it's batman begins we'll keep this brief so we will get to the show but uh you know you got hired as the face of clash royale's uh commentating team basically yeah one of them one half of it yeah so you uh were full-time doing this for for months during the season and then you had the world finals which they flew you to tokyo for absolutely incredible i Love Tokyo, and I I love Clash Royale so much, which is crazy. <laughs> and you had, and so you were a million people concurrently watching your stream while you were like announcing. This it was game. it was eight hour live broadcast. Yeah. I truly have the greatest live broadcast reel now because, it, like I said, it's eight hours. It's millions of dollars of production, and yeah, there was over a million people watching the whole time. So crazy, it's so, crazy. So you were there for what two weeks, ten days? I was there for two full weeks. So you do that. Then I have a com- combination of – I run this toy company with uh, my friend Alex, that a lot of you guys know this. Um, but I had to go to Hong Kong for two weeks. Yeah. As well as Seattle and Dallas and Chicago. So out of 30 days, I was in L.A. for four nights right after you got back from Tokyo. So for, for about seven weeks there, we didn't really have the ability to do live shows. And when you were back for those four nights, we went and pre-taped, like, or when I got back and we were in town, we pre-taped four episodes of The Action Guys. Yeah, it's our other show on Collider. We had to go, like, literally in in two days, we had to tape four shows so we could have anything to show. You know, on here, we had pre-taped a couple episodes. You brought Mark Andreco on. Yeah, you and know. you had a handful of guests on when I was gone. You had Marissa, who's in the booth right now, Marissa Serafini. You had Kevin, the owner of the company. You, yeah. had, you had Jay Washington, which was pretty great. It was, it was a pretty great episode. Yeah, it was a good episode. Yeah. So, so we've really, uh, with duct tape, we've managed to keep our schedule mostly together. Uh, but we're here. We're back. It's the first show of 2019. We're excited. There's, I feel like there's so much to talk about. Yeah, there's so many things. As we go through the show, maybe we'll kind of uh, weave in and out of these topics just so we don't you know, meander too much right now. Yeah, one thing I do want to say right now at the top of the show, big, big announcement. We are moving back to Wednesdays next week. Yeah. It has been confirmed yep. with the studio. Ben and I, uh, we actually tape the action guys on Wednesdays. They need a couple days to produce it. And that comes out on Fridays. Tomorrow, Friday, actually, we, we're having our episode, the definitive ranking of every theatrically released Batman film. So it kind of coincides with this. You guys will find out where on the list we uh, we have Batman Begins. Uh, so you can <clears> kind of <throat> weave those episodes together, which is exciting. And yeah, but we're going back to Wednesdays. Yes, that's the most important thing. We both live on the other side of town. 
both of the studios are on this side of town, it yeah. makes a little more sense to not just come out here for an hour both days in a row when, you know. So that's what we're doing. Uh, we are coming out here for that, but it'll be streaming live Pacific Standard Time from 2 to 3 on Wednesdays going forward. Yeah. Um, otherwise, if you guys want to follow along <clears throat> in the conversation, you can find me personally at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, you guys can find me at Andrew Guy. You can find the show at Team Action Show. And we actually changed our Facebook group. Uh, Richard Eric Jarvie and Paul Denuso changed yeah. uh, the Action Army or you know, the Action Movie Anatomy Facebook group to All About Action. Which is funny. Yeah. So way back in the day, like four years ago, when this show it was in its infancy, before it even existed, um, Drew and I were working together at a bar at the time. Yep. And I was like, I have this idea. I want to do this like action movie thing. I think it's cool. We both like, what do you think? Like, do you think these like this genre is fun? It's like funny. We we're like talking about the rock and stuff. Yeah. We're like, oh yeah, it's great. And then so we were like, okay, let's come up with this idea, you know, and we'll we'll develop the format. We'll make a show. And what are we going to call it? And so we kicked names around for like three weeks. And the last one that we had really settled on that I really liked yeah. was AAA. It was all about action. Yeah, it was really great. Really great. And we ended up not doing it because uh, at the time, um, what's this, what's Anatomy of a Movie? Yeah, it was the branding. It, it helped. It felt like it was actually, and it was very smart through uh, Stephen and Kevin to, to actually have us call the show Action Movie Anatomy because it brought more eyes to the show early on. Yeah, because Anatomy of a Movie already existed. Marissa, who's up in the booth right now, one of the hosts of that yeah. show. Um, we wanted to link the shows together, and so we didn't end up going with All About Action. Um, but it just in a turn of events, we wanted something that linked the action guys and this show together. By the way, the action guys, if, in case you guys don't know, is a show that Drew and I do over on Collider yeah. on their podcast network. comes out every Friday, and uh, it's a show that basically takes ideas that we have from this show and then formulates a whole kind of discussion-based 30- to 45-minute podcast, um, streams to video, and so, like, that's why we can – the definitive ranking of the Batman movies is, like, this week. Or top five action comedies you have to watch. Oh, that was or, such a fun episode. Um, the perfect movie trailer. Like, there's a bunch of fun episodes you can guys Did you see the watch. numbers are up? Yeah, I saw. Yeah, yeah, the numbers are up. Yeah. It's great. It's a few, few thousand more every single week. Yeah, people are excited. They seem to be enjoying the show. Yeah, so, yeah, that's great. All About Action is the <clears> Facebook page. There's about 1,500 members in there right now. You guys can find that. That's a great place to interact. There's tons of interaction all the time. Polls and, and one one new fan who I'm going to just just because of out of respect for what he just did. OK, I'm going to look his name. Yeah, up you here. look it up right now. I'm going to do this really quickly. We have a, a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash team action. It's actually called the Andrew Guy Appreciation page because Ben's a traitor. <laughs> and uh, I would like to salute two of our newest members, Will McLean and Lieben Abdul. We salute you. Salute you. Thank Absolutely. you guys so much for being patrons. And uh, while Ben's looking that up, I'm going to run through the rules here. We abide by. Oh, you got it. I got it. OK, go ahead. So big shout out. To Stephen <clears throat> Lampert. Uh, and I hope you hear this. Oh, wait. What is this? I'm going to read this right now. This is exciting. I read it. Uh, it's taken me almost a month listening to a few episodes a night while working, but I've now listened to every single episode. I started with my favorite movies first, then movies I'd seen but didn't think much of and ended up with movies I've yet to see. I've listed my top ten episodes with a few honorable mentions and a few Sophie's Choice had to be made. He lists his favorite episodes, and then he just, you know, he some opinions on, like, Robocop. Uh, there's 180-some-odd hours of this show. Yeah. It makes me so proud and happy that somebody would find our show. And I've actually seen this a few times now. Yeah. Action, I think it's probably Action Guys fans are finding it, um, that people find the show and they want to go back into the catalog. Like, And it's so crazy because like, I almost am like – sometimes I'm like a little embarrassed about our early episodes. Like, I don't, No reason why. They're not bad. They're just so different than what they are now. Last night I was with a friend who was getting into podcasting, and he – was curious kind of about the shows that we do. Right. And I was like, oh, we do this show, that show, um, Action Movie Anatomy, and it's on Spotify, and he pulls it up, and he, like, clicks on uh, Air Force One, very first episode we ever did. Right. And he's listening, and he's clicking through, and he's like, oh, you guys sound so different now than you used to sound. Yeah. He's like, he's like it's so much faster. There's so much more energy than there used to be. Yeah, I mean, I was I was pretty nervous back yeah. in the day. Like, I, you know, I, had, I was new to broadcasting, and especially hosting on camera and stuff, and I was, like, very nervous in our, in our like, earlier episodes. We, like, needed I to be, like, very, like, academic, and, like, yeah, everything had to be intellectual. We didn't, weren't, weren't willing to make as many dick and fart jokes. Now we intellectualize dick and fart jokes. Now we intellectualize <laughs> dick and fart jokes, and we've created a whole 200 episodes. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of catching you guys up. It's been so long since we've been in the same room on camera together. We want to let all of you guys know we love you guys so much, uh, and we're so happy that you're here. Again, we give them a shout-out every single week to Richard and Paul Denuso. Both these guys are amazing. They've done so much for us as fans and as friends. But Richard Jarvie called out of work and is staying up two extra hours later. It's like 4 in the morning where he is. I'm Just so a proud. true legend. So proud. <laughs> yeah, um, so uh, let's get into the show. So this show covers action movies. Those action movies adhere to four basic rules. Rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. Batman definitely plays by his own rules. No oh, question. I mean, he's 
Batman. He's Batman. Yeah, absolutely. Rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people, beings, things, dinosaurs, what have you in the room. Um, definitely. I mean, Batman and Roz are the smartest guys in the room. And I would say that Roz is the primary villain in this movie. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think he's 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 actually a step ahead of Batman the whole time. Yeah. Until totally. well, you know, until the very, until very, the very end. end. Yeah. Um, rule number three, the movie's driven by police, military, political, or mercenary figure. It doesn't really work in superhero movies. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, he's a vigilante. That's why originally we didn't include them. Uh, yep. You know, the rules didn't used to include them. And then rule number four, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. There's a bunch of explosions in this movie. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of explosions in every Batman movie. Yeah, so... Great movie. Big fan. Coming up today on the show, we are going to be taking some of your action movie anatomy questions. We are going to be talking about the top movie stars of our generation uh, in terms of the quality of their acting. Like, the quality of acting meets their sort of presence, and uh, obviously that's inspired by Christian Bale. We were having a conversation about sort of where does he fit, so we'll be talking about that. Schmodown Corner, I know you guys probably have questions. You want to know what the fuck is going on there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I swear intentionally there, because it's a big one. It's a big one. We'll get there. Um, But yeah, I think we should probably watch the trailer for Batman Begins... And then go from there. Let's do it. I don't really remember the trailer. I remember being pretty excited. We talked about this on the show yesterday. Well, it'll air tomorrow. Yeah. I was so like out of touch with this movie when it came out. And it had been it had been so long since I'd seen anything with Batman that I was obviously he's always been my favorite. Yeah. But I didn't know who Nolan really was, and Bale wasn't a superstar. Yeah, because well, like Memento had been a big deal, but then Insomnia was such a letdown. So yeah. he had kind of like lost his luster a little bit, and it was six years between Memento and this. Yeah, and and I cannot let that pass. What year did Batman and Robin come out? Ninety nine, ninety eight. Seven. Batman and Forever was ninety five. So yeah, ninety seven. Yeah, I'm gonna beat you. Uh, <laughs> So, 97 to 2005, yeah, eight years, down. you know. So, in the middle there, and we'll talk about this in a second. show the people of Gotham, their city doesn't belong to the criminals and the corrupt. He was a really strong cast choice for yeah. this He really has... Rachel? You've gone a long time. He has, like, the, the Christian Bale, like, quiet intensity, but he's also, like, super handsome. Yeah. Yep. He also was the right age, because, like, Christian Bale now is still super handsome, and they do him right, but he, like... I think all the weight gain and loss is, like, aged his skin. Yeah. He, like, yeah, looks a little yeah, more... Yeah, it's a lot. The elasticity in your skin. He, like, definitely looks a little more... He looks a little more his age now, which not every 40-year-old actor, 45-year-old actor does. No, not at all. it's definitely taken a toll on his body. I mean, he's... He's maybe the most insane when it comes to body transformation for yeah. acting. Definitely. But he just, like... His, like, cheekbones, like, the darkness of his eyes, it just works really well for, like, Dark Lord Batman for the Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't Bruce Wayne traditionally have black hair, too? Or does it not really matter? Yes, he has black hair. Yeah, probably. Because he's got brown, right? Bill's hair is dark brown. Is it? Black? I don't know. It's such a dark movie, it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah. Hey, Doctor. Do you enjoy the circuit? 90s fragrance ad, Batman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I vaguely remember that trailer. Yeah, I kind of do. It's like medium. I mean, I remember the theater I saw that movie in. I remember my reaction when I walked out of it. Um, what was your reaction? I don't I don't remember mine. I remember walking out with my brother and my dad and like being like, oh, that was pretty, that was pretty sweet. That was a good movie. Like, right. But not like, not like that just shit. defined the genre or like I need to see the sequel. It was like, that was good. Like we grew up with you know batman 89 was this big movie and returns was like you know the big sequel to the big movie so those movies were very much the cultural zeitgeist that had been like really good and then these two terrible batman movies came out when we were kids and we also grew up with the batman cartoon so like yeah really the batman cartoon was the most consistent high quality thing that was playing when we were kids yeah it was so weird like you go from burton to schumacher they each get two movies and like the drastic i mean maybe that's my thesis is like the the change from director has never been more drastic in any film like yeah. for what it does to the actual product right. that you get because like Burton's were pretty good and I, I you know we talk about it again and you know, we're gonna say this a handful of times today but like Returns felt like a little gimmicky or like a little too like Tim Burton like too gothic or something but then Schumacher was just like what the hell what happened well because right because like the what what happened is that basically. They had taken all of this classic Adam West Batman stuff that had been really popular in the character. People that had grown up as 10-year-olds reading Batman comics in, like, the 50s and 60s were now, like, adults, right, in 89. Right. So they're like, okay, we're the, Burton's going to do this dark thing. 
But then they're like, oh, well, there was this campy fun thing, all these 90s, like, sort of campy, dumb action movies that are so popular, these big Michael Bay movies. Let's take some of this campy stuff yeah. and mix it, like, the comic book with, like, exciting and dark and this gothic stuff that worked. And we'll just cast, like, a super hot lead actor, like Val Kilmer or George Clooney. Right. And the villains aren't really developed. They're kind of bad. Like, the scripts are really terrible. They were just super kid-friendly movies. They were trying to make Tim Burton more kid-friendly. And that's, I think, what Schumacher is. Like, yeah. Right? It's like taking gothic and making it more neon for, like, Batman and Robin. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a good point. Um, But the interesting thing is, you know, those those movies sucked. But then... There's Mask of the Phantasm, which we both like a lot. So good. It's really good. So good. That's 93. And then you have um, two other animated movies that come out in the late 90s. Right. You got... Not, neither of them is theatrical, right? But there's the Batman Beyond Return of the Joker movie. Right. Which I don't know if you ever watched. It's really I, good. Yeah, I like that. I always liked Batman Beyond. Yeah. Return yeah. of the Joker is great. And it's like a, he, it's like an awesome, awesome movie. You have like Kevin Conroy as the voice of Bruce Wayne. He's, He's old. so good. Yeah, it's great. And, like, Joker comes back, and it's freaky. It's a dark movie. I think there's another one. It's, like, maybe, like, Batman Sub-Zero. He's, like, versus Mr. Freeze. Oh, yeah, also yeah. Pretty I think dark. I remember seeing that. Yeah. But and then, then, of course, the Red Hood one that came out, what, like, two years ago, three years ago? Yeah, it's, like, 2010, I think. Yeah, okay. but, yeah. but like, those Jesus. those late 90s ones ago. were, like, like a pretty big deal because we weren't getting Batman content that was very good. Yeah. So those two happen kind of in the interim there as, like, Justice League Unlimited is happening. Yeah, and it's, it is absolutely insane to think about Mask of the Phantasm and how astronomically better it is than both Forever and Batman and Robin. It yeah. came out before them, yep. and it was still a cartoon. And they couldn't, Schumacher couldn't like take the idea of that yeah. and make a better film. It was so weird. Yeah, it's really, really strange. So that's kind of what was going on then. But I like that trailer. Um, yeah, it's it, a good trailer. Yeah, and, and it's and it's just like funny thinking back to 05. Now we're in this world where if there's a Batman movie. It's like such a big deal. It matters oh, yeah. so much, right? It's like it's like the it's like as big as an Avengers movie. Like a Batman movie is everything. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's it's, it's insane. And like the comic book generation, they just like it just changed somewhere. Yeah, and, and we're going to talk about the comic book generation and like what happened with this movie and with Iron Man and what they meant for comic books as a whole. Yeah, because like really in 05, like and granted, maybe it was just my frame of reference, but we were not in an area yet where a new comic book movie was like. It wasn't anything. There was no expectation of quality because you had a you had two good Spider-Man movies, right? And everything else was just shit. Yeah, it was all bad. And there was like people didn't even know Blade was a comic book, and, and even then, it's not a great franchise. And like, yeah, it was more so just the fact that like Batman was great, yeah, and Returns was pretty good, and the other ones had famous people in them, yeah. So like now that another Batman movie is coming out, pay attention, yeah. But. Yeah, I don't know. You do wonder a little bit, like, with uh, with the DCEU right now, if they're experiencing a little bit of what we experienced with those Batman movies in the late 90s, where, like, the hype be the hype behind a new DCEU movie, maybe it was, like, this a little bit before Aquaman, because, like, people wanted to see it. I can't believe that movie's made a billion dollars. Yeah, but... I just can't. There's, like, fatigue if there's enough bad movies. I don't know, but we'll, we'll talk about all this. Uh, let's get into the first part of our show. This is Thesis Statement. Yep. So, uh, if you guys have watched or listened before, you know this is your biggest, boldest thought about the film. It's really... When you want to talk about this movie at a party and you want to like this is sort of what you start with and what you stick behind uh, should be big rooted and hyperbole the greatest the best the only that kind of a thing um, you want to go first I mean I honestly I'm going to steal the one I just said I love it I, it's better than one I, I came into the show with and it's basically that no entity has changed more drastically between directors that have had more than one film yeah. on like the final product like Burton got two Schumacher got two and obviously Nolan has three yeah and they are so astronomically different like you look at the original spider-man and you look at homecoming they're very very different yeah but the original spider-man's still pretty damn good yeah and it's still, it's still kind of there you still get the same thing i mean because basically in all three of these they have the story except for the one weird thing about schumacher is that he continued a lineage or he continued he basically made two more sequels to batman and batman returns without ever he never did an origin story again yeah he never did it with kilmer he never did it with clooney he just like kept a story going because we all knew who batman was so yeah i just can't think of anything else I'm trying to think of even other entities like i guess terminator's one of them you know another one where it's yeah. changed drastically between directors and Bond, like uh, maybe Bond, they're all pretty similar yeah and like star wars is is a little different but like you look at this and they they feel like different worlds yeah entirely I mean, well disney has a lot of control over their fro their properties right so mm -hmm. like they like the reason that rogue one and solo both were totally like completely reworked 
is because Disney was like, these don't feel enough like Star Wars movies, right? Right. Rogue One felt too dark. So Gareth Edwards is no longer, he doesn't finish the movie, and Tony Gilroy has to come in and reshoot a bunch of stuff, so it feels more like a Star Wars movie. And again, like Phil Lord, Chris Miller, apparently, like, they were trying to make Han Solo, like, you know, Chris Pratt in a Lego movie kind of a thing. Right. It's like too right, funny. Right, so they, right. they bring in Ron Howard because they want to make that movie a little bit more like Star Wars. And, you know, Warner Brothers in that time, they weren't dealing with an extended universe. They weren't dealing with some bigger idea. They were really just dealing with the fact that they knew Batman movies made money. Yeah. And they had seen two of them do really well. And this guy, Joel Schumacher, had made, uh, what, did he make Flatliners? And he also made, like, a couple other movies in the 90s there that were that were big deals. And they were like, right. we'll, we'll just, we'll give this guy a shot. He knows what he's doing. Um and so that that's like what happens in the in the late '90s there. But um, I'm going to read a couple of these thesis thesi really really quickly. Uh, Batman Begins is the best hero's journey in a comic book movie. We've got that. We've got um, Batman Begins is the greatest superhero origin story of all time. We've also got uh, Kane's Alfred is the best movie father figure ever. I do love Kane as me Alfred. too. Big big fan. I hate. What they do in the third one. Me though. too. I hate that he like turns his back on him. Because yeah. one of my favorite parts of this first movie is the two times when he's like, you still haven't given up on me, yeah. Alfred. And he's like, yeah, me never. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Never. Never. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I definitely think Nolan has done so much for his ensemble actors, like in terms of their credibility oh, and their careers. 100%. Like, look at Killian Murphy. Yeah. Like the, there's a lot of these guys that really owe so much to Nolan and his, his willingness and, and interest in reusing them over and over again. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, again, I know I just said it, but Killian Murphy, like crazy. You look at Scarecrow, he pops up in the first two Dark Knight movies. Yeah. No, no, all three. Yeah, he's in the third he's one, He's in the too. third one as well. He's Judge, Jury, and Executioner. And then you've got Dunkirk. Yeah. And you've also got, uh, uh, isn't he in one more Nolan film? Isn't he also in Inception? In Inception, yeah. yeah that's yeah. what I mean. He's the kid. He's, yeah, yeah. Who's trying to incept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, Killian Murphy was like kind of pretty famous. Yeah. He was in a, a handful of movies. He was in Red Eye. He was in, you know, 28 Days Later. But like. And he still isn't a superstar, no. which is weird. But he is one of the most famous people. That in the world. TV show, Peaky Blinders, was big for him. Oh yeah, and Sunshine. Yeah, that's but, a big one. But uh, but anyway, yeah, I think I'll go in with my thesis statement. And, and my thesis statement, I really have two that I was interested in using. But uh-huh. I think I'll stick with the more positive than the negative. Yeah. And that's that. I believe Batman Begins has the most underrated uh, cast of villains in any Batman movie. Ooh, I like that. Um, because I thought about it, and I really love Liam Neeson's Ra's al Ghul. I, I could really, really love I love that his first line, you know, he's like, my name is simply Ducat. Like, yeah, yeah, that's always kind of stuck yeah. with me. I always thought it was such a cool, like, he's very classy. He seems very evil, but he's also like... But he's Ra's al Ghul immortal. Yeah, but yeah. you really relate to him. I love, like, the training stuff with the League of Shadows out on the ice. Like, oh, their fighting the is really cool. Best. He, like, Liam Neeson's a great actor, obviously. And it's also a moment in his career when he was not an action guy yet no so this is kind of because taken comes out the next year three years later so eight. Oh, it is yeah jesus um you know it's, uh, he's great and then and then carmine falcone tom wilkinson's falcone is just so good he, uh he's so good wilkinson's maybe my favorite part of the movie right his whole his scene in the bar when he's just like oh he, he just is so good and you always fear what you don't understand yeah, you always fear what you don't understand and then even think you got nothing to lose but it's yeah. your butler bang you know, yeah. like, you're a little sweetie down DA's office. He pulls the gun out. He's just, I mean, I love Wilkinson. And then lastly, beg for his life. Killian Murphy's Scarecrow is great. He's, like, crazy, and, mm-hmm. and his delivery, like, creepy. Yeah. And uh, he's not, like, intimidating, but he, like, kind of is. Because the moment when, you know, when Batman gasses him yeah. is super awesome, and you see the look in his eyes, but he's crazy. He's like, Sorry, Dr. Yeah. Crane's not here right now. If you'd like to leave a message, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I love when he says, uh, I love when he says, would you like to see my mask? And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, ew. Yeah. You weirdo. <laughs> Keep your pants on, dude. Um, yeah, he's he's awesome. He's crazy. So I think that's my thesis is that uh, it has the most underrated cast. Because, like, none of the other movies that have good villains are considered to be as, like, like no one really talks about the villains in this movie. Like, they matter. No. And they're, and they're so – because in the other movies, it's all about the villains. It's all about Bane. It's all about Joker, obviously. It's all about Two-Face. But in this movie, the villains are so – understated yeah and real and and the other thing too is batman begins doesn't have to be a superhero movie no it's just a guy in a cape but there's no really any moment where you've got to really suspend your disbelief on anything everything's pretty straightforward i agree um really quickly here uh i think matt movies i think that's kernsey uh he auditioned for batman actually are you talking about killing oh yeah killing yeah so killing murphy actually auditioned for batman interesting and <laughs> no one's like no <laughs> but 
I guess, like, how would that have worked? He would have had to put on a lot of weight. He'd have to put on a lot of weight. He'd have to dye his hair and wear contacts, I think, because Batman has to be dark. Yeah. You gotta have dark eyes, dark hair, dark features. He might have actually been able to pull it off, honestly, thinking about it, if he was able to put enough weight on. I think the problem with Killian is he comes off smarmy and yeah. too much of a fuck when he would be Bruce Wayne. Whereas, like, Bale still kind of comes off smarmy, but yeah. he's like, you also kind of love him. Totally. Um, but yeah, those are great. And really quickly, guys, I'm going to plug this once again. Tomorrow, The Action Guys, 3 p.m., Collider Podcast Network. You guys are talking incessantly in the chat about who the best Batman is. Ben and I rank our favorite Bruce Wayne and our favorite Batman favorite on Batman. that show. Yeah, there's even a, Alex Kessler, a co-host of mine on the oh, yeah, yeah. Modern Podcast and also a guest on this show, literally posted in our oh, Action yeah, Guys group this morning, can we all just admit that Michael Keaton is the best Batman finally? And I... <laughs> I actually agree that Michael Keaton is the best Batman. Yeah, well, so you but guys... we'll talk about it. So watch the show. You guys, I think, yep. you'll enjoy that. Um, coming up next on the show, we're going to talk about fist pump moment. This is the moment in the movie something happens. You're going to look around. You're like, are you seeing this? This is so fucking sweet. This yeah. is so good. Uh, you get really hyped. You want to call your buddy. Tell him to rewind it to a certain part of the movie just so you can watch it together on the phone. You need to do this right now. Um, do you have a couple? What do you... uh, well, what's yours? So I always... These days... I find that my fist pump and my favorite line often overlap. Okay. Right? Um, and I think, though, for me, my favorite is is the why do we fall? You haven't given up, yeah, but, like, you haven't given up on me yet, Alfred, yeah. moment. Because I love it because, like, he, it pains him so much to, like, once again have to shit on the family name and ask yeah. all the guests to leave. And then the, and that's then a the pretty, house That's is, a really great hard-to-watch moment. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then the house is burning. And he's down there, and he's like, what have I done? Um, and Alfred, like, that's the music cues. It's like, the Wayne is more than... Yeah, why do we, yeah. Yeah, why do we fall? Um, that's just a great use. And Alfred, like, the, the character so of Alfred in this movie specifically, the, like, old Thomas Wayne relationships are used really well in this trilogy. They do a great job in this one especially. Like, I love the moment in... I love the moment when Fox is leaving the house... And he's like, Lucius? Ah! Yeah. Did yes! I just, did I just steal your fist bump? Well, kind of. Because yeah. he's like, he's like, Alfred, always a pleasure. He's yeah. Like, Lucius? Yeah. You're like, those guys have to know each other. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like the two most elegant people in all of Gotham. Exactly. And you're like, and you're like, they obviously like Thomas Wayne. Like, yeah. there's some, only, only Bruce Wayne could have become Batman with the support of these types around the of, Wayne family. Yes. And the, and the elegance and quality of the Wayne name would allow this to happen. Like, it's such a cool moment. And so I love that, like, Alfred that is, like, a father figure, but he's also, like, complicit. Like, he's just great. Yeah. Um, that, I just love that moment in the elevator. Ah, oh, it's so good. I love that you mentioned that. <laughs> That's such a sweet line. Um, there are so many fist pumps in here. Uh, fist pump, no Batman nips. It's a good one. Strong one. It's a very yeah. strong one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the bar scene with Falcone versus Bruce. That's an excellent scene. He fought a bag for his life. Like a dog. Like a dog. Uh, Bruce faking out the League of Shadows when he doesn't kill the criminal and sets the place on fire. It's a great moment. Uh, the will to act speech is awesome. Uh, Bruce cutting the arms of the assassins to trick Roz. That's, yeah. that's a really smart moment. You mustn't leave any trace. I yeah. haven't. Uh, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> the face Bale makes when Kane says to him, well, oh, what's the point of all these uh, all those bloody push-ups? You can't even lift a bloody log. Yeah. When Batman raids Falcone's operation. Wow, you guys are just hopping today. I can't read them all. I can't read them all. People love Batman. Those are great. Yeah, they really do. My fist pump moment is, I won't kill you. But I don't have to save you. Yeah. <laughs> and he like flies, he out. flies out. Yeah, it's so the cape <laughs> opens. You're yeah. like, holy shit, he can fly. Yeah. And you see, and also, I love Roz's like such a such a like Shakespearean death. Yeah. You know, I, well, that's actually not true. Shakespearean deaths are like, I've been slain. Yeah. But like, there's something so poetic about just like his face, his acceptance, and he's like, I've been beat. Yeah, right. I love that. There's no like, there's no fighting for it. There's no groveling. There's no. It's just. I've lost. There's also a level to Roz, and he says in the in the mansion, right? He makes the comment about like, but is Roz Al Ghul some relationship to supernatural? Immortal, yeah. And that's the thing in the comic books is that Roz Al Ghul uh, bathes in the Lazarus Pit and, and is able to come back to life. So he's like, and basically is immortal. Oh, okay. That's like a thing. And so there's a there's a level if you're a Batman fan of understanding that when he's going down, you're like, yeah, but he's not really. He could just dead. come back. I mean, it's not established in this universe, right? But, that's but in the comic books, it's like if he dies, he could just be brought back. It's to kind life. of a cool Easter egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. I like that. I'd be down. To, I mean, honestly, if they made another Batman movie and Liam popped back up somehow, <laughs> I don't know how okay with it I'd be. But if they did it right, 
be pretty sweet. I mean, I'd watch a Ra's al Ghul League of Shadows movie. I would too. Someone asked that. That was one of the AMA questions. Yeah. I would I would watch that for sure. 100%. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Coming up next on the show, we're going to talk about star profiles. Christian Bale and Liam Neeson. Uh, Bale, what an interesting one. I, yeah, this is this is so crazy. So first thing you need to look at is the monitor here. We've got this incredible picture. Once again, I'm going to shout out our boy Matthew Kearns. What's really funny is I saw Matt post this on Facebook or Instagram, and I've actually talked about this these four images a handful of times and yeah. tried to find it. And, I, and I've, like, creeped through your Facebook trying to find <laughs> it, Matt, and I couldn't. So last night I finally messaged you on Facebook Messenger, and he's like, I figured you'd want this for it. This is so incredible. So on the far left, you've got the machinist. And then six months later, he puts on a hundred pounds to do the dark or to do Batman Begins. I, four, he puts it in four months. In four months, not six, four months. And yeah. then as soon as Batman wraps, he's got what two is? I think the fighter comes out in 07, so they probably started filming a year a year after no, it's, Batman. It's later, it's twenty ten. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna beat you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then he goes and he plays a crack addict, and you see there, which is absolutely insane. And then yeah. I truly believe what he's done is Dick Cheney. You and I watched Vice. Yeah. Uh, that shirtless picture is absolutely incredible it's insane and and the amount of weight that he's gained in his face and his performance in that movie and he's it's real that's, that's 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 real that's no fat suit like i i have fluctuated in my weight in the last couple of years like i you know we're people that have worked out and i like, can't imagine gaining that much weight that's a that's work like you could you can like you have to try to gain that you can gain 20 30 pounds and like you can feel it but ultimately like especially because christian bale's like six foot i think yeah like that's like that's like a solid like 60 to 100 pounds and it's a different type of weight gain yeah he's got a fat gut yeah so you know he's got to eat horribly it's not like eating healthily a lot and like bulking it's like just eat like charlie's talked about it when he when she played uh eileen Werno. she's like i'd wake up in the middle of the night and force myself to eat mayonnaise didn't she drink ice cream yeah she drank ice cream and she'd like eat mayonnaise um, like she she gained a ton of weight for Tully. Did you see? Oh it? yeah yeah yeah. She gained like that was another one she talked about in that last year. Yeah. Tully. Uh, I mean, to to gain that kind of weight, like do you remember in the fighter when um, Mark Wahlberg like he loses the fight and then there's the scene when he goes to the diner. I've actually been pull. I've been meaning to watch that movie again recently. It's, just, it's on Netflix right now. I'm going to rewatch. There's it. There's like the one scene where you like see that he's out of shape. He like gets out of shape before he gets back in shape, and it like looks like he has a beer gut. Right. But it's, like, such, like, a little baby beer gut compared to, like, this. Like, it's, you know, like, it's the kind of thing that he probably, like, bulked really hard and, like, lost it all in three weeks. Yeah, and, like, probably just, like, didn't do... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Didn't yeah. do cardio for a few weeks, ate pretty unhealthily, whereas this is just, like, a whole nother level. You gotta so, commit, yeah. Yeah, so you talk about Christian Bale, and he was actually still doing it. Like, 2002, he's in Reign of Fire. Uh, isn't McConaughey in that, too? And Jerry B. And Jerry B. I mean, maybe so, the greatest movie of all time. I mean, Bale gets his break way back in the day with Newsies and Newsies. Empire of the Sun. My Those sisters are, were in love with Christian Bale. Yeah, he's a guy. And then in the 90s, he's in a bunch of movies. I mean, the most notable early movies are Empire of the Sun, Goonies, American Psycho. Which he's is, in Goonies? Yeah. Uh, no, you're thinking of Brolin. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Newsies, so I would say. Yeah, Newsies yeah. and Empire of the Sun. Um, those are the early ones. Then 99, he's got American Psycho, which is probably the earliest, like. Superstar to moment. Yeah, like, people didn't really see that movie, but it's become a cult classic, and he's really great in it, and he's, like, super jacked. He, like, looks great. Yeah. Um, he's funny. He's in a bunch of other movies in the 90s that I, at one point, I was really, really, like, super into Christian Bale. So I watched a lot of these movies, mm-hmm. um, and I almost barely can remember even the names of hardly any of them, but um, he, like, he's in uh, Velvet Underground. He's oh, yeah. Velvet Goldmine, that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, a couple, couple I know there's another one in there. But then, so so in the 2000s is when he really starts to become super famous. You yeah. Know, he does Reign of Fire in 2002. He does Equilibrium in 2002, which is basically just a Matrix knockoff, which we've talked about covering on the show a few times. And then you see the very first picture there, The Machinist in 2004. And that was kind of, like, when people were like, holy shit. Yeah, right. Like, he got people's attention. Like, this guy is not playing around. All the Little and, Animals. That's the name of the movie. I and he's remember. very good in that movie. That movie's super creepy and weird and eerie and scary. And then, of course, in 2005, a year later, four months later from rapping Machinist, he starts filming Dark or Batman Begins. He puts on all the weight. And that's, I mean, the rest is history from that and point he on. he loses a ton of weight to shoot Rescue Dawn as yes. Dieter Dangler. Yes. A couple years later. Yes, yeah, like... Uh, yeah, the next year, right? Yeah, right. Two years later, yeah, yeah. He's and just going back and forth and back and forth. Like, I remember reading about him with Machinist and the weight that he lost, and he was like, I would, like, literally... Some days I just wouldn't eat. Some days I'd have a cigarette and an apple. Right, yeah, or, yeah. like, an apple and four almonds or something like that. Yeah, he, like, literally just, like, starves a himself. A cigarette and an apple? Yeah. 
God, I would rather die. Uh, okay, and then on the other side of it, of course, you've got, you've got Liam Neeson, who's been, like, a fascinating actor in his entire career, but really only in the last decade has he become <laughs> Liam Neeson. Like, like, I mean, obviously Schindler's List is massive, and he's a famous person, yeah. but, like, he's now become, like, the Chuck Norris of this generation. Right, exactly. Different kind of fame. Yes. Right? So, like, the, the person that watches Schindler's List is, like, somebody who's paying attention to, like, highbrow movies at the time. The God, person that watches Kinsey in 04. Right. Like, that's a Tom Condon movie about Alfred Kinsey. Like, you don't watch Kinsey unless you want to watch Oscar bait. Like, yeah. y- you only see Love Actually and even notice that he's in it if you're, like, into rom-coms. Like, Kingdom of Heaven's a shitty movie. It's a bad movie, and he's like... Yeah, it's not a good movie. I mean, like, the, the he was just in all these movies as sort of the wise older dude. He's basically the role that he is in this movie when he's training Bruce Wayne is the wise older dude who, who like, you don't even... I didn't think he was... I wasn't sure if he was going to pop back up in the movie again. Yeah. You know, after he saves him in the beginning. I, I figured he might. He wasn't starring in movies as, like, the guy on the cover until Taken and after. Like, that's when he goes yep. on this big run where, like, all of a sudden, like, Liam Neeson is, like, a thing. He's, like, a commodity. Um, you know, he's Zeus in, like, you know, Clash of the Titans. He's, like, release the Kraken. Yeah. <laughs> Let Oscar Schindler. I, I've, I played Zeus for God's sakes. Played Zeus let's, for God's sakes. Let's do some improvisational, improvisational comedy. comedy. Um. You know what, let's, this is a good moment to kind of talk about this, this thing that we were talking about earlier. Um, the top five movie stars of our generation. Of our time. Of our time. So, like, for instance, Cruz and Denzel are too old for us. Yeah, because like, I, I, like, I think to realistically be of our generation, you're probably, if you've had the accolades that we want, but you're also young enough, I think you're probably between, like, right around 40 mm-hmm. and right around 50. Yeah. Right? You're, like, right in between. You're, like, 38 to 50. Yeah, I think if you're older than even like 50, a little... you're pushing it. Yeah, because um, a lot of the guys that are the biggest stars when they're 50 or that are in their 50s now are people that were pretty big in the late 80s yeah. or very early 90s. Okay. Like Cruz, for instance, is someone that just doesn't fit the list, but like someone who does is Christian Bale. Yeah, so let's write you some know? names down. So you got Jackman, Bale, DiCaprio, uh, I'd say Gosling. Yep. Uh, he's like almost 40, but he's had like a really good run now. Um, Jackman Bale, DiCaprio, Gosling. Hardy's so close, but he's not. I think he's too young. I think he's too young, and he hasn't had like he hasn't had the La La Land that Gosling had. And, and he hasn't done really, crazy stupid love. He's really only been famous since like 2012. Yeah, like really. Um, so who, Christian DePac, Jackman. Yeah. Um, what about McConaughey? McConaughey for sure, because he was famous. Oh, he's always he's been a superstar forever. I mean, he, he, you win Sexiest yeah. Man Alive when you're not even a good actor, and then all of a sudden you win the Oscar. Yeah. And guys in the chat, uh, I know. Uh, it's been going back and forth really quickly, but let us know if uh, if there's anyone we're missing. Keanu, someone wrote down. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Gyllenhaal, Keanu. Yeah, I think Keanu misses for me because he's not really considered a real actor. He's considered like a movie star, but like people don't yeah. really like his acting. The other guys on here Ryan have... Reynolds, Gyllenhaal. Ryan Reynolds is not a real actor. He's yeah. an action actor. Nah, nah, Ryan Reynolds is a real actor, but he's not. I mean, Gyllenhaal for sure. No, no disrespect. Love the guy. I, I'm saying like in the, in the sense that like... I'm not going to compare Christian Bale's acting chops to Ryan Reynolds' acting chops. Right. That's like an that's an unfair conversation. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I think that's fair. Um, um or 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 even I don't even want to say that cuz I don't know Ryan Reynolds and I have it's like not like I actually know what he's able to do. The roles he gets, the kind of acclaim he gets, the way I perceive him as an actor is totally different than What's these What's the last one that you have written on there? Jake Gyllenhaal? Oh, Gyllenhaal. Um, and then, like, Michael B. Jordan's a little too young. Jamie Foxx kind of came in and went out. Denzel's too old. I think we could write Fox. I don't think he makes our top five, but I think it's a worthwhile. He has, like, a run of five years where he's, like, really. Uh, Jason, yes. We know Tom Hardy is in his 40s, but the thing is, is, like Ben said, he's only really been super famous since 2012, which only gives him about six and a half years of real stardom. And in that time, how many movies has he done where people are like, wow, that was crazy? He tries, like Legend, yeah. but that failed. Like, people don't. Yeah, Legend, Locke was okay. Um, so 100%, I think, without a doubt, you go DiCaprio. I mean, he is he is a, a 100% the number one guy. He is the biggest movie star of our generation. How can we include PSH? Nah, he's dead. He's dead. He's been dead for. He's a few been years. dead for too long, and he's and he's like he didn't do enough. Of we love PSH yeah. so much more than most people do. I mean, and Day Lewis is older. Day Lewis is too old. He's making movies since the eighties. No questions. DiCaprio is number one. It's it's like without a doubt. And yeah. honestly, I truly might think that number two is Bale. Is Bale? Yeah. Which is so weird because like Bale is such a guy that stays out of the limelight. He yeah. stays out of the public eye. I mean, his biggest fiasco ever was obviously that horrible moment he had on set during Terminator Salvation. Yeah. But 
otherwise, he just keeps his head down and works, kind of like D-Day Lou does. And now you see he's become this incredible character actor. He's not just a leading man. You look at the prestige. You look at him playing twins. You look at Vice. You look at uh, uh, the wrestler. This guy is a legend. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's just talk. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Jarvey goes, Levine, nobody calls him PSA. <laughs> we fucking do, Sam. <laughs> My favorite. A uh, so couple good. other names thrown there. Uh, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Little Young. Not yeah. not young, but like a little young in terms of his like legitimacy as an actor. Yeah, I mean he's done a lot. You know, you look at you look at what he's done comedy wise, you look at, you know, obviously American Sniper. Okay, Depp, Brad Pitt. Depp and Pitt just have fallen way too far off. I would say Depp and Pitt, Clooney And Pitt's in his fifties. Yeah, Clooney and Pitt both have been acting like since And like, Depp's in his fifties. Yeah, all they're three all of those their, guys. Yeah, are they're just, all too old. They're like the Sean Penn generation. Yeah, yeah. Those yeah. Guys are I like mean, mid- Depp's probably maybe the closest, but yeah, they're still all too old. So so yeah, we go DiCaprio, we go Bale. Crow's older. Jackman? Jackman's gotta be three. Because the I mean, dude, uh uh Greatest Showman was the number one album of the year. Yeah. I, I, I mean, <laughs> you know? I, you're never gonna find me arguing about Jackman. No, never. And and I, I think I go Gosling four and Jake five. I think that's pretty fair. I mean, unless you want to put McConaughey ahead of Jake, it's and tough I, because McConaughey seems to like went and he's like come and co- gone. Come and gone. The McConaughey kind of. like was like three years long. It's kind of like if you're gonna put McConaughey on the list with any real legitimacy, you basically have to just try to convince yourself why am I putting him on the list and not Jamie Foxx on the list? Like they're kind of the same in the sense that they both have a run that's like somewhat limited. Talking about McConaughey versus Fox. But they're both guys that have like four years where they're super, super relevant. Otherwise, their careers are just like. Yeah. And then, like, it's. Gyllenhaal's just kept his head down and worked. Gyllenhaal is like maybe the most underrated. He might actually be like number two, honestly. He might actually be number two. He just keeps doing good stuff. Life was so good. Mysterio, you know. uh, I mean, Nightcrawler Nightcrawler was incredible. Eternal Animals. Yeah. He's just. Broke back. He's just doing it. He's just absolutely doing it. So I I think for right now, our top five actors in Hollywood. In order, I'd go DiCaprio one. Mm-hmm. I'd go Bale two. Yep. I'd go Jackman three. I think I would go Gosling four. Yeah. And I think I give Gyllenhaal the nod as five. I think so. I think that's fair. Marissa, how you feel about that list? I I would switch um, Gosling and Gyllenhaal. You think yeah. Gyllenhaal? I was actually thinking that that's, too. It's a fair point. We haven't seen as much range out of Gosling yet. He's like done. He's done that same thing a bunch of times. And like Gyllenhaal just keeps. Being in movies. And, and he, he also keeps doing keeps, a great job. He also keeps pushing himself. Yeah. Like, talk about a guy to come from where he was doing Prince of Persia and Bubble Boy. Yeah, to doing Prisoners and Oh yeah, he's so and good. Nightcrawler and Life. I love Life. Yeah, I watched Life too. Again. The movie's so good. Um Gyllenhaal also recently did Stronger. Oh yeah, and, it was really um, good. Southpaw. And oh, even yeah. back in the nineties you had October Sky. Yeah. Big shot to Richard Eric Jarvis. Donnie Darko, early two thousands. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Southpaw. Yeah. Jarvis yeah, Jarvi loves Southpaw. Marissa's a hundred percent correct so i think it goes yeah it goes dicaprio uh bale jackman gyllenhaal gosling yeah probably in that order which okay. is so funny because like the fast benders of the world and the oscar isaacs of the world there's so many guys that are like michael b jordan's that are nipping at the heels give them 10 more years yeah well, exactly or or like you take like fastbender like let's let's just say fastbender has like two really good years in a row mm-hmm. like he could start to get up there it's the thing is it's like it's not about having two or three good years it's about having a legacy it's about being like <laughs> 10 years in the game at least with like some oscar nominations some highest grossing movies tons of accolades i don't think chris pine falls on the list guys he's just um i just don't think he's done enough even though i love chris pine he's actually been in a lot of movies and he does a lot he has quite the range it just doesn't feel like his star power is on the same lever level because you got to kind of like yeah you're balancing like star power with like oscar nominations like with box office there's a lot of things that sort of have to go into this conversation to really be considered. Like, I think Bale's quality is really just second to DiCaprio on this list. He's just like the yeah. number of things he's turned in where I'm like, wow, just. Well, it's over like, and you also look again. at that list, and I would not be surprised to see any of those guys win an Oscar, another Oscar if they haven't already won one. Yeah, right. Bale's you know got I mean? one. DiCaprio's got one. McConaughey's got one. Yep. Uh, Fox yeah. has one. And then, yeah, yeah, that's like the only guys on here. Other than the dads we caught up, we crossed off. So right. Um, um, so I'm gonna bring. Hey, Marissa, we don't have another show after this, do we? Nope. All right. Cool. Perfect. So really quickly, uh, I don't know if you have the sound bite ready because you probably don't because it's a new year and things got moved around. But it's Schmodown Corner. Ah, TKO. Blah, fuck you. <laughs> Schmodown. <laughs> oh, there it is. Boom. Marissa's the best, dude. <laughs> All right. Chris Pratt's almost there, guys. So. 
How do you even? We have talked incessantly. We've talked to death until we're blue need, in the I face. I think you need to leave the room. I think I'm going to kill you. <laughs> we don't know how to do this, really, guys. It's so weird. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know the storyline. We don't know anything I other mean, than that you're a fucking traitor. <laughs> a fucking traitor. Um, I think fucking that, hero, Garver. I th- Garver. Okay, let's talk about a few things. Um, movie Trivia Schmodown Season 6 opens New York Live Show on the 26th of December. Um, there's some big matches happening out there. Um, I can't wait to watch those and, and, and you know see how that, all, that stuff all goes. It was a great year. Season 5 was a lot of fun. Um, you had it. We both had pretty crazy years, honestly. We had cr- absolutely crazy years. I only played in six matches. Yeah, and I think the awards, which I Don't was in talk Hong Kong about for, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you attended. I attended them. They, they aired were tomorrow. I think. Super fun. They aired the twenty fifth of January. Okay, so a little yeah, further, yeah. A little so and on. and guys, super super fun event. Can't thank the Comedy Store enough. It was a great time. Um, but yeah, it's a really weird time. I have a teammate. I've got a faction. Yeah, I've got a few people to announce. Can't do it here. Yeah, there's so I think the easiest way to talk about this is to just sort of acknowledge, like, okay, um, Drew and I have a certain amount of like interest in the storylines. We have a certain amount of we have discussions. Like the storylines exist in the same way they exist in wrestling. We don't write them. We don't decide on them, and nope. they're ultimately always dictated. That's the difference between this and wrestling. By wins and losses. Yes. So where we are right now in the story has everything to do with... <laughs> Marissa, your cuts are phenomenal, by the way. She's getting all my angry faces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's everything to do with who's winning and losing. And so uh, there was there was multiple outcomes of basically every turn you guys have seen to this point that would have happened had there been a win or a loss. And there will continue to be. So all I can really say, there's a feud going on. You have taken over the Patreon. You have taken over the Twitter. Uh, it's because it's all mine. I own it all because I am the true, <laughs> true Action Army commander. Uh, You're Paul, a bad person. Paul Denuso wants to know where the glasses are. I want to know what you did with my glass. Okay, that's that was a lie. I just lied. That's a up. lie. That was a lie. The he funny made thing that is, up. is, you could actually see the top of the glass in the video. <laughs> uh, the other thing, uh, Jarvie wants to know: Did it actually hurt to go through that table? I never even asked you. Yes, it did. I mean, good. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> You tackled me through a table. I mean, like, if it didn't hurt, I would have. I don't even know. Um, so, oh, uh, this is so great. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, the reality here, guys, is that there's a feud going on. We are not on the same team, and if I ever, in any way, have to be on the other side of a, a table, a match, walking someone out, anything. I mean, I'm on the other side now. I'm not going easy on you. Oh, I don't of course, have... I'm going to go in on you. Let me talk about your family. No. <laughs> I'm going to come up with everything you're embarrassed about that you tell me about personally. Yeah. No, I, I got tons of screenshots and text messages. I'm going to print them out. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be brilliant. It's going to be a horror. It's going to ruin our friendship. We've I'm, said it numerous times. I'm going to employ Photoshop. <laughs> I'm going to embarrass you. So that's kind of a man with a horse. I'm going to put your face on it. I mean, that's really it. There's really nothing else for that we can actually say because we don't really know what else is going to come. But you guys do need to know that Ben and I are on separate sides now. We're not on the same team. And the other thing, actually, is Ben and I were lucky enough to find backlogged episodes of the Team Action Secret Headquarters. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. These, are, these are all old files that we've dug up. And uh, so we'll still be giving you Patreon content with us as Team Action. But it's from like back in the sixties. It's from old videos. Yeah. Back in the young in our younger years. In our young years. Um I think the most important message to take away from it uh, as we exit Schmutt on Corner and kind of get back to the regular show is Loyalty. Uh <laughs> and I'll just take it from here, Ben. <laughs> I'm just gonna jump in right here. Uh it's that uh we still do two shows. We do Action Movie Anatomy and the Action Guys and Collider. They are separate entities. So you'll notice that uh the action the all about action fan pages are going to continue to exist as places to talk about the content we're making it's not we we love schmodown and it's the best thing ever but we don't want schmodown to uh get mixed up with our ability to create quality content because we're gonna get new fans that have never heard of schmodown yeah, and we actually have fans that have been here since day one that don't love the schmodown and don't love our characters in it and we still want to pay tribute to their you know them being there as as long as they have so we'll be here yeah we'll be do- doing our shows at the regular times and uh you know, if you guys are interacting, feel free to, to tweet at us, whatever, share in the groups. But uh, if we don't respond to something, if it's in the wrong group, that's probably why. Yeah. And it's better to just keep them separate for us. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's what's, uh, that's what's going on what's with going the, on? the movie trivia schmo. Now, it's going to be an exciting year. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to win every belt. So. <laughs>
<laughs> uh, so we're going to breeze through production development. Uh, the biggest things you need to know, directed by Nolan, written by Nolan, and uh, uh, David S. Goyer and Bob Kane. Bob Kane, obviously the original yep. Batman writer. Goyer, a predominantly action movie film writer whose first film was Death Warrant with Van Damme. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also known for Dark City, the Blade franchise, and of course the Dark Knight franchise, also uh, Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman. Uh, Emma Thomas, wife of Christopher yep. Nolan, they produce all our movies together. Uh, this is not a movie that his brother Jonathan worked on. Um, other producers are Charles Roven. He's a massive producer that started back yep. in the eighties. Uh, he's produced the entire Dark Knight franchise as well as every other film in the DC universe, the new DCEU. And the last guy to talk about here is Franco, another big action movie producer. Um, he got to start in the eighties, and he produced films like White House Down, Jurassic Park Three, Returns, uh, Batman. Returns, excuse me, Tango and Cash, Big Trouble in Little China. He's kind of a legend in the old school yeah. uh, action world. And uh, yeah, Critical Box Office. Warner Brothers did this film, 2005. This comes right in the heart of Marvel's initial superhero movie run. Uh, mm-hmm. DC wanted to get back in the game, so they reinvented Batman here, and then they decided to do Superman Returns the next year. Um, so <sighs> yeah. it's uh, it was their attempt to kind of get some skin in the game here. This movie was $150, $150 million to make, opened June 15, 2005. Domestically grossed 206, worldwide 167, for a total gross of 374 million. By Batman standards and today's movie standards, not a tremendous amount of money. No, and and, and it kind of makes sense at the time because then you look at the Dark Knight when it's like things have really gone off. Yeah. It makes much more sense. But this is like what we talked about. It's not that we were not dying for a Batman or superhero movie. It was like a big deal, but not a big deal. Like no one really expected or cared. Um, nothing to do with the quality. Just everything to do with like where Batman was as a character and the cultural zeitgeist at the time. So, um, but it's still open number one with almost fifty million dollars. Yep. Uh, critical in box office. You know, IMDb has this as an 8.3, the 116th greatest film of all time. That's that's like sort of your classic, like, yeah, it's a superhero movie, and people that love superhero movies are a lot of the ratings on IMDb. This yeah. is not the 116th greatest film ever made. Like, there's it's very good, though. It's a good movie. Very I like good, it, though. There's a, if you find like <laughs> there are amazing movies that I think are like all time movies in different genres that are better than Batman Begins, like that, that are not anywhere near the top 250. Um, this is a Batman movie, so a lot of people have seen it, so it gets a lot of ratings. Um, Richard Eric Jarvie has been, as his singles player and who's the boss, picked in the first round of both of his fantasy leagues. It's exciting. You're an idiot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. And when you look at the actual reviews of this, this is what I think is the most fascinating thing about the entire box office critical, is that 84% of Ben is a traitor. Uh <laughs> That 84% of uh, 84 by uh, all critics, 94 by the audience, but a 63% by top critics. Yeah. Makes, what do you want to say? That makes no sense to me. Like, yeah. I, I, don't even, I don't even know where to begin with 63%. Again, top critics? Yeah, it's not like they rated a 6.3. That means six out of 10 people that saw this movie thought it was good. I would, I would say that if you wanted to make this movie into a bad review, there the places you focus are. It's derivative. It's a story that we've seen and heard a million times. It's yeah. dark and doesn't have a lot of heart. That's like, it's relatively cold. You don't think it has heart? I think if you were a critic looking for places to poke holes, okay, okay. you would basically figure out that Rachel Dawes is a pretty irrelevant character. Their relationship is kind of irrelevant. His relationship to Alfred's strong, and his, losing his parents is strong, and basically everything else in the film is totally non-emotional. There's like nothing that you really hold on to on an emotional level, unless you really buy in to his journeys, Batman. But right. if you're like a cold critic who just wants to poke holes in a Doesn't superhero like movie. Doesn't like superhero movies or comic books. And has like seen the Batman 89, their origin scene. Like you just don't care. And that's how I think this movie gets a negative view. Yeah. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Uh, favorite line. Do you have a favorite line? Well, honestly, my favorite line probably is, my favorite line probably is the same one that I use as my fist pump moment, which is why do we fall? Um, you haven't given up, given up on me yet. But, Rather than that, I think I'll actually go with when Bruce buys the hotel and he sees Rachel outside for <laughs> yeah. a second, and she's like Bruce, and he looks at her, and like his expression just like changes in a second. Yeah, because he's got this like shit eating grin on his face. Yeah, like you can tell he's kind of enjoying it, but like also just a. Like, and then he like looks at her. And he's like Rachel. All this, it's it's not. I'm more than this. Um, it's not what you do. Yeah. I also I like that, and I also like when she when she's like such a bitch to him when she leaves the house, and she's like, "Some of us have real work to do." Yeah, he's saving Gotham, Rachel. Enjoy your birthday, Bruce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So such a bitch. (laughs) Ah, this is so good though. Uh, (laughs) 
She throws daggers. She um, does. Yeah, she shades them hard. My favorite line is everything that Roz Ducard says out on the ice. Yeah. Um, but he has that one awesome monologue. And uh, he goes, print it out. He goes, well, I also really love the the line from Michael Kane where he goes, I wouldn't presume to tell you what to do with your past. Just know that there's that there are those of us that care what you do with your future. And he goes, you still have to give it up on me. Yeah. 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 Uh, but he goes, uh, Razzle goes, I know the rage that drives you, that impossible anger strangling the grief until the memory of your loved ones is just poison in your veins. And one day you catch yourself wishing the very person that you loved had never existed so you'd be spared your pain. I wasn't always here in the mountains. I once had a wife. Yeah. My great love. My great that is love. my favorite line in the whole movie. I once had a wife, my great love. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, she was <laughs> taken from me like you. I was forced to learn that those that there are those without decency that must be fought without hesitation, without pity. Your anger gives you great power, but if you let it, it will destroy you, as it almost did me. Do you think he's telling the truth? Like, do you think he did have a great love? I think he, so. Yeah. It's not a tactic. To... Well, no, because they talk. I mean, they, I mean, in the third one, they wrap it all up, yeah, remember? Because right. he's, the, he's the daughter, or the Talia. His right, daughter, right, right, the right. wife, gets taken. She gets thrown yeah. in the prison. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's right, of course. Um, Bruce Wayne goes, what stopped it? He goes, vengeance. I love that. Sweet. Yeah, such a sweet line. Uh, so Brett Jones, who I've seen in the chat a lot today. Brett, yeah. we uh, pulled your question, a phenomenal question. You go, which movie do you think provided more significance, Batman Begins for Nolan's trilogy or Iron Man for the MCU? Personally, I'm torn. While the MCU created this whole epic universe filled with incredible movies and characters, Nolan's trilogy showed us that comic book movies can be legitimate movies and contained one of the greatest movies ever, The Dark Knight. I mean, if you're talking trilogies and the significance of a single movie to the franchise, it's not even close. It's definitely Iron Man because really this movie doesn't matter. It's Dark Knight that matters. This movie is totally irrelevant compared to the impact Dark Knight had. And this movie also, a lot of people talk about it in hindsight. They yeah. go after they've seen The Dark Knight, after The Dark Knight Rises, and they go back and revisit, they're like, you know what? Begins is maybe the best one. Yeah, or, because or at of least this, it's this underrated, this. right? Yes, exactly. Whereas, like, Iron Man, without Iron Man, there is no MCU. It's also, like, you, Iron Man and Batman? Like, Batman was a character that has been successful forever. Yeah, and there yeah. been, like, lots of success. Like, an Iron Man movie? Like, you, a lot of you guys know this, but I have every single Iron Man comic from 1963 to 2005. I spent my whole childhood collecting these comic books. Oh, yeah, He's yeah. my favorite character. As a kid, the idea that I would ever see an Iron Man movie was, like, that was, like, just, like, tomfoolery. It was, like, a joke. Like, there's no way they would ever make an Iron Man movie because nobody knows who the guy is. Right. Except for me. Yeah, or, or like, People like me who'd seen him like in a couple cartoons as a kid, and be like, "Oh, that guy looked cool, right?" And then yeah. they make an Iron Man movie, and it works. And that's how the MCU actually starts is with that. Like, that's so much more significant and hard, so much harder to execute than like Begins is good, but honestly, it didn't make that much money, and they still made The Dark Knight. So, and it, yeah, exactly. And The Dark Knight was kind of the moment that that was really the moment because The Dark Knight showed that a, a superhero movie could win an Oscar. Yeah, is what it was. The Dark Knight an was, acting Oscar. The Dark Knight was the big one. That's yeah. that's the really. Uh, you want to take the next one? Yeah, Paul Denuso, uh, Brigadier General, we salute you. What is the most realistic superhero film of all time? Begins, Unbreakable, Logan. Um, I think probably it's Begins of these three. I think so. Because there's no superpowers, really? Yeah, and we talk about, I mean, I, we mentioned earlier in the show that there's no moment that you need to kind of suspend your, your belief in this movie. It's, it's, all, it's all pretty much by, by the book. I think, though, the other one, I mean, Unbreakable, I guess, because he's just, like, super strong. I would say that from the standpoint of, like, what is super strong. I mean, dude, he's bulletproof. He's super strong. I mean, he's never been sick in his life. Unbreakable, he can, he yeah, can yeah. touch people, and he sees their, their sins. He's, like, a real superhero. I think, um... Of the three, though, the most realistic, I'll answer your question slightly differently, the one that speaks to me the most, like it has the most relatable moments yeah. and emotions is Logan. For sure. It feels way more, like the concept of like of like parenthood and like a lot of like the dialogue in that movie speaks so much more to real questions you have about growing up and like having children, having a family. Um, there's moments in that movie when like I love Patrick Stewart's line in that movie when he says – um, take a second to realize this is real life. And yeah. He says it's not for me. And he says, but it is for Laura, um, and that's such a cool like them at the dinner table. Like, there's moments uh, in that yeah. movie that really, like Logan loses his father in that movie. He's like, oh, so this is what that feels like, and you just die. Yeah, yeah. So that movie to me is the most realistic in that sense. Like, it feels like the most. It's the most emotionally relatable. Yeah, which ultimately, at the end of the day, when special effects are gone and stories have been retold, that's always going to resonate more of course so uh 
to answer your question directly, Paul, I do believe it is the most realistic of the three, but I am with Ben in saying that Logan spoke to me on an entirely different level. Yeah. Uh, and our very last one, Daniel Sala, who's been a great, uh, he's a great graphic designer. He sent us a lot of great pictures. Um, should Gyllenhaal just have been a new character in The Dark Knight? I was like, Jake Gyllenhaal's in The Dark Knight? Uh, replacing and, in my opinion, downgrading Holmes so soon and for no apparent reason took me out of most of her scenes. I think this is a really great question. I think it's one of the biggest things about the franchise that is is kind of hard to, to like look past. Yeah. First of all, they're both pretty terrible. Like, they really are. And, like... Katie Holmes is like pretty okay in the first one, but like Gyllenhaal is unbearable. Yeah, you hate her. I actually Harvey. I, like... I know these brief backwards. Yeah, I like, like her more than, than she Katie is Holmes. atrocious. They're not trying to kill you. You're not doing your job. Like that's her to me. I like her. I'm gonna stab you. <laughs> <laughs> her line, yeah, I just I can't. I just can't with Maggie Gyllenhaal. Uh, but that's not your question. Your question <laughs> is is should she have been a new character? Uh. I think for the emotional resonance of, of of Bruce Wayne and his attachment to this one character, as, as evidenced in the first film, like, Alfred has the line, it can't be personal, otherwise if it is, you're a vigilante. You can't make her a new character mm -hmm. because they do that with Talia al Ghul in the third film, and it only works because she turns out to be a villain. Yes. Like it, yeah, that's a good point. It only works because she turns out to be relevant for a different reason than actually being important to Bruce. And, like, with how much... The, I mean, this movie just ends with Bruce and Katie Holmes, essentially, yeah. Batman Begins, it would feel wrong to start another movie and just, like, never talk about Rachel Dawes again. It would and just her, feel weird. And her death in Dark Knight's, like, a big, big it's a, moment. It's a good moment. It's a huge moment. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so, guys, thank you so much. Those are awesome, awesome questions. There were so many more to pick through, uh, but those were the top three for us. Ben, there's three action movie categories. There are three action movie categories. Totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate. Uh, sometimes I explain them, other times I don't. This time, I don't think I need to. No, I think this so. movie's totally legit. I think it's totally legit, It's the too. most grounded superhero movie. Like, it's just yeah. a drama with, like, Batman in it. It's really good, and I don't find there's any moments that make me... Other than his voice, which I think yeah, his is like, voice his voice is maybe the worst thing. The Batman voice is... That was almost my thesis, is that the, the, the uh, Christian Bell Batman voice is the biggest shortcoming of the dark knight yeah yeah uh, of, I, I, of that I agree. trilogy yeah so. uh do you know why holmes didn't return was it something to do with her and tom and the divorce or scientology or something i don't know i think i remember reading something about it but it's been a little while since i've uh looked into it so okay. i'm not sure all right that just leaves uh one more thing ben yeah, there's only one last thing. It's called The Pitch. I, we got two things to pitch right now. We got two. Do we? Yeah. So uh, you forgot about one, but you're going to be excited when I remind you. Is it? I think I know what it is. Yeah. yeah. So uh, originally, guys, that we were supposed to cover The Dark Knight on this show today. Oh, yes. Because we had done this incredible battle royale over the course of a year uh, run by all of the moderators and generals in the army. Uh, and we had voted, like, basically, Battle Royale, what was the favorite action movie that we ever talked about on AMA? Yeah. And by the time it was all done, it was all said and done, we had promised that the one that won, we would redo. We would actually do another episode um, on that same one. Dark Knight wins. We, Drew and I talk about it. We realized... We don't really want to just do another action movie anatomy on a movie we've done, like the same way. Yeah, the exact same story, it just or the exact same format just felt like a little weird. Yeah. Redundant. So what we did was we chose to cover the film and the franchise we hadn't covered, this one. Mm -hmm. We did a definitive ranking of all the Batman movies on the action, guys, the same week, which you guys can do now. And the last is that we are announcing our second ever live drunk watch-along, which is for The Dark Knight. I forgot! To pay homage to oh. the fact that it won the challenge. We're going to do a drunk watch-along just like we did many months ago uh the not drunk, the drunkest i've ever gotten in my whole life oh the drunkest you and i've ever been uh <laughs> oh my good lord i can't even believe we were standing after that i can't believe i forgot this is amazing i can't believe we drank an entire bottle of lagavulin 16 on the show plus jameson plus drinks at a restaurant after we went to a restaurant. We spent uh, we spent a good amount of money on dinner. Got even more drunk. You and I don't. I don't really even remember the meal. I think we honestly wanted to celebrate the drunk watch along, and we spent every dollar the whole thing generated <laughs> on one meal. We got so drunk. <laughs> we like. I mean, we've been like afraid to revisit the idea of a drunk watch along oh, since because then. it was so. I mean, it was so fun, but like, <laughs> oh my god, was I hurting? I had to work the next day. I didn't. I was in pain. Oh, I, I don't even know how you did it. It was no good. I woke up at like noon. So uh, there's that. And then the other thing, guys, Ben and I were lucky enough to watch Glass this week. It was pretty good. Yeah. But you know what's better is Unbreakable. So we are going to be covering Unbreakable on the show next week. Yeah. 
I love that movie. Yeah, Unbreakable sweet. It's uh, I like it a lot. It's uh, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. I actually got to, over the summer, interview M. Night Shyamalan and uh, talk to him a little bit about Unbreakable. Did you find out it wasn't actually him at the end of the interview? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a joke. There was because a twist. He a twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. It was a man in a red hat. It was a funnier <laughs> joke in my mind. Yeah. Uh, and I actually asked him. Well, I'll save it for next week on the show. You want to just save it? Yeah, I'll save it. Okay. Yeah, I'll okay. talk about it next week. Um, so, yeah, that's going to wrap us up, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. If you want to follow along with our exploits, you can find us on Twitter at Ben Bateman Media. At Andrew Guy. Uh, and uh, last but not least, be sure to check out patreon.com slash team action where you can go and you'll get additional content. We found a bunch of old videos from the 60s that we're going to put up of us <laughs> talking about movies that are awesome. Um, Drew has a silly mustache and these great pants. It's pretty fantastic. Um, and yeah, that's going to that's gonna wrap us up. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Marissa, thank you for doing another great show. Bye, guys. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.